That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey, friend, you're listening to the Nicole Walters podcast. I'm a former six-figure corporate executive who woke up every morning feeling stuck in the life that I built for myself. But using my corporate skills, I took to the internet and built a multi-seven-figure business showing others how they can build a life they love. Now on this podcast, I share stories of being an entrepreneur, a mom to my three amazing girls, and a wife to my crazy, kooky, dancing husband. I've had a couple of viral videos too, so you know there's going to be a lot of laughs here. So whether you've seen me on my viral vids, or on the Today Show, or read about me in Forbes, this is the place where we can meet, share stories, share laughs, and share fun. I'm your best friend in your head. So sit back, listen close, and let's get started. Hey friend, so you know I love being able to chat with you whenever and wherever. And I know that you're listening from your kitchen or at the gym or in the car. And that is just awesome. That's what I love about technology. So this particular chat that we're having, I am in Phoenix, Arizona. That's right. I told you guys in our last chat that I was going to talk to you a little bit more about my marriage. And as part of that whole thing, I'm on a girl's trip with my girlfriends and we try to do this once a quarter. But in order for me to be able to do that, well, I've got to have a great partner who supports me with the kids, with everything else. So I'm recording this chat that we're having right now from the Delta Sky Club in Phoenix, Arizona. So you may hear some clinks and some glasses and stuff like that, but you know, I'm all about functional and not fancy. What matters are the words and not the where. So that said, I am always wanting to know whenever I see successful entrepreneurial women, how are they doing it? How are they balancing everything? And they always seem to have these amazing marriages with husbands who are well-groomed and have it all together (laughs) and always seem to just really find that balance. And I think that for me, oftentimes because of the way social media looks, I may look that way to some of you guys, where some of you guys may be like, oh my gosh, the hubbing and Nicole, they just have this amazing marriage. They get along so well and everything's so good with the kids and she's always on the road and you know everything seems like fun, fun, fun. Well, I, I think it's really important and I say this often in our chats, it's really important for me to share my truth so that you can live your own. And I never want to be an example of always having it all together and not having to do the work to get it there. I I don't really believe in that laptop lifestyle artificial thing. What I want to do is tell you the truth and tell you the struggles behind it and tell you the progress and the time and the effort that it takes to get there. And I also want to show you what the finish line looks like, or at least what it looks like when you get closer to it. So it's exciting for me because in this chat, I'm going to keep it real. 
I'm going to tell you that, you know what? Me and the Hubbin weren't always so good. Even though we're super excited to have 10 years of marriage under our belt, when we first met online, we never would have known how bumpy it was going to get along the way. (laughs) That's right. We met online. A lot of people are like, that's crazy. Well, I love to throw around the stat that 50% of marriages start online. So it's not that weird for us. And it's probably not that weird for you. But that said, we met online and it wasn't one of those big, long things. Actually, that wasn't even really my style. We didn't chat back and forth for years. We didn't meet in some weird back group. It was a dating site like Match.com. And when we met online, we just exchanged information and we said, hey, the next time you have some free time, we'd love to grab a cup of coffee. And that's exactly what we did. I'll never forget on our first date, the Hubbin had just moved to Baltimore City. And I was only, gosh, 22. And I didn't really have any major plans with this guy. I said, you know what? Let's go on a date and see what happens. So it's the dead of July, right in the middle of July, scorchingly hot. And this guy, this round Jewish lawyer, (laughs) comes marching towards me and he's wearing this wool suit. Now he'd managed to take off his tie because obviously it was too hot, but he left on his wool blazer. I remember sitting there watching him while I'm in my yellow sundress and thinking to myself, what is up with this guy? (laughs) But I also remember his strikingly blue eyes and his super warm smile. And no matter what, I knew that this was someone that I could probably be friends with. And since he was new to Baltimore, show him some of my favorite spots. We ended up grabbing what was supposed to be one quick cup of coffee. And one cup of coffee turned into two. And our first date was hours with us talking about everything. Even the things you're not supposed to talk about on the first date, like money and politics and family. I mean, we talked about everything. We went out the next day and the day after that. And we just kept catching up and it honestly felt like a friendship that I knew I never wanted to end. And that was something that we both said pretty early on. As long as we're having fun, and as long as this is enjoyable, let's keep doing it. And I'd like to think even today, after 10 years of marriage, that we are still doing it. The thing that was interesting about us was we were pretty different people. He's quiet. He's mild-mannered. Definitely an introvert. Lots of thoughts. Super brilliant. But keeps a lot of them to himself. He comes from a Jewish family with a strong rooted background. His dad is even a cantor in the synagogue. And I'll say it, he's a white guy. (laughs) And I'm as African as it gets. (laughs) So it's definitely polar opposites in so many ways. But at the end of the day, and I think a lot of you guys who are either married or in relationships can understand this, we connected on more things than we didn't. Our core values were exactly the same. We believed in family. We believed in having strong moral ethics and integrity. We believed in putting goodness out into the world. And we also knew that together, we could be something more than we were apart. After about six months of dating, he proposed. After about a year, we were married. And boy, was being married hard. Now, I throw this out as a caveat for anyone who's listening who isn't married, but in a relationship or been in a long-term relationship but hasn't gotten married. There's a thing that uh, single people say or unmarried people say all the time that, oh, yeah, well, just being married is just being official. It's just getting a piece of paper. But the reality is it's not. There's so much more that goes into it. And it's hard. There's something about making it official that does make it harder. Now, it doesn't mean you can't do it. If you are newlywed and it's hard right now for you, I want to tell you that that is normal. It is not weird for it to be difficult in those first three years. And I would love it (laughs) if the world would stop putting out the message 
that being a newlywed is like the most easy, amazing, lovey-dovey thing. I mean, not everyone has a honeymoon period, right? And I know that we didn't. Our first three years were awful. I mean, I'm going to be completely candid. The hubbin wasn't anything like me when it came to actually living together. He grew up with maids. He had babysitters and support systems, parents that would clean up behind him and help him with his homework. He was kind of spoiled and not as independent as I was. His parents had paid for his college and all of his bills. These were not things I was familiar with. I didn't grow up with a silver spoon, but I did grow up with an attitude. (laughs) I wasn't any better. I had a different set of problems. I was hostile. Yeah, believe it or not, friendly Nicole, I can get pretty, pretty mean when I'm not working on my communication. And that was where I was the weakest. I was an awful communicator. And I was so impatient. I wanted things done and I wanted them done now. And I wanted to move forward and I had plans. And boy, I hope he could keep up because I knew what I wanted to do. Yikes. That is not the making of anyone who should be paired with anybody. The biggest thing that we struggled with in terms of marriage was that each of us had come into the marriage with our own definition around what a marriage was. He thought a marriage was one where you kind of stay at home and you do the basic steps and eventually you have a kid and eventually you have a house and, you know, your wife kind of takes care of things and he kind of does his own thing and that's just that. Well, I definitely didn't think marriage was just living with your best friend. I felt like a marriage was conquering the world. It was where you redefine new goals and you made plans on things you were going to take over. It was setting higher dreams than you ever thought you could do yourself and multiplying your excellence. And it meant doing all those things, even if you had to drag your partner along. (laughs) As you can see, we were definitely not ready to be married to anyone at that point. We were kids just trying to figure it out. And the thing we didn't figure out, which I'm going to tell a lot of you, especially if you're newlyweds, is that marriage has got to be something you define on your own. Now, we were fighting about everything, from dishes to home repair, from bills to schedules. I mean, it was a hot mess. Finally, after about a year and a half, I wanted out. That's right, it was me. But it wasn't because I didn't like him. It wasn't because I wasn't in love. That wasn't it at all. It was because I didn't want to keep hurting him. It was because I recognized that we weren't communicating. And honestly, I loved him so much that it broke my heart to see him struggle to understand me. And it broke my heart to go back and forth with him and feel like we were holding each other back from our greatness because we just couldn't figure out how to express it to each other. Well, he knew exactly what to do. There are some things that he absolutely got right. The first thing he did was challenge me to go to couples therapy. And if you guys know anything about me, I never back down from a challenge. And when we went, our therapist, the first thing that she did was recommend a book. And I want to tell you guys about this book because I credit this book with saving our marriage. It's called Fighting for Your Marriage by Dr. Howard Markman. Fighting for Your Marriage by Dr. Howard Markman. Write that down. Now, this book is magic. And I say this because it works even if only one of you reads it. And I read this book thinking to myself, there's no way he's going to do the work. And then I had to check myself and say, you know what? If I'm willing to do the work, that should be enough. Because if nothing else, at least I know I showed up to the process. Well, this book changed everything. I'll share my biggest takeaway, the one that I really credit with being a big transformation in not just how I approach my husband, but how I approach the world. 
in the book, in so many terms, they make it clear that if you know that the person loves you and you know that they would never do something to deliberately hurt you, then you have to extend them the benefit of the doubt. I'll say that again. If you know that the person you're with loves you and they would never do something to deliberately hurt you, then you have to extend them the benefit of the doubt. Now, for a million different reasons, I really struggled with this coming into marriage. I mean, when my husband left dirty dishes in the sink, I was certain that he wanted our whole family to fail. I mean, the only reason he would do that was because he wanted me to waste my time. It's because he didn't care anything about me and he loves living dirty and filthy. And this is just one step to having a whole house burned down, <laughs> right? Totally cuckoo. I mean, honestly, I made everything into an event. Once I learned that takeaway, that dirty dishes don't exactly equate to not caring about the family, that maybe he just forgot to do the dishes, or maybe he didn't know how, well, it became a lot easier for me to be understanding. It became a lot easier for me to be receptive to teaching, to being open to recognizing that we each have gaps and that it's our job as a couple to stand in those for each other. And it became a lot easier and it drove me closer to my relationship with God because I realized that this is exactly what God does for us. No matter what, because we know that he loves us, well, nothing bad that happens in our life is because he wants to hurt us. It's because we're learning. He extends us benefit of the doubt. And it's important that we show Jesus to each other. And that's what I get to do in my marriage every single day. Well, I'm not saying it was easy. It definitely didn't happen overnight, but we were committed to the process. And little by little, we did see change. It's not like tomorrow you end up with a brand new husband who's bringing in flowers every day and jewelry and remembers every birthday and every prize and every party. It, it just, it isn't like that. But the dishes were getting done and the bills were getting paid. And date nights were happening. And little by little, we were really getting along. I mean, first it was awkward, but part of the process was also growing as adults. I mean, I was 22. He was 25 when we first got married. We had some growing up to do. And honestly, I'm not too upset that we got to do it together. And as we grew up, other things improved. More than anything, I'm proud of the fact that we fearlessly communicate. 10 years later, we really respect each other's opinions above all else. And we work supremely hard at being a team. And standing in each other's gaps is our pride. It's our thing that we are happy to do for each other. My husband is my best friend. He's my partner. I love him. And he's the most amazing father I've ever met. He's a daily reminder of the patience that God has to have for me as I grow and make mistakes. I'd be nothing without him. And friend, I want you to know, whether you have a partner, you're seeking a partner, or you're struggling right now or in a golden season, as you start branching into new things like entrepreneurship, a second baby, adoption, or a new job, that you and your partner are permitted to define and redefine your boundaries and your priorities with what works for you. You write your narrative. Not your in-laws, not your siblings, not your girlfriends, or anyone else. Definitely not whatever someone's doing on social media. Hashtag relationship goals are their relationship goals. It's your work that you're putting into your marriage, and it's also your rewards. Now, in our next chat, I want to talk to you about something that came up a lot in my marriage. It's something that I showed once in a while, but my husband showed way too often. And I see it everywhere I turn. 
If this is something you're doing, guess what? The minute you get a handle on this, you are going to see abundance pour into your life. You'll see new friendships. You'll see new revenue. You'll see people wanting to help you in spades. But this behavior, no one even talks about. But guess what? It stands in your way and stops goodness for coming in. And I cannot wait to chat with you about it next time. Thanks so much for listening, friend. If you enjoyed this podcast, head over to NicoleWalters.com. I'd love for us to stay in touch. So make sure you drop your email address so I can send you inspiration, business details, and the occasional funny story. And because I'm so generous, there might even be a selfie in the mix. (laughs) Thanks again. Make sure you subscribe and come back soon.